صباح الخير جود مورنينج دي ليسنرز يو ليسنينج تو راديو 3 سي ار اون 855 اي Palestine Remembered is Australia's only English language radio program that is totally dedicated to Palestine. We'd like to welcome those listening on 855 and those that will join us on podcast at 3cr.org.au. Thanks for joining us. Stay with us and enjoy the episode. Good morning, gentlemen. Yusuf Robert. Nasser, Yusuf, how are you? And listeners, welcome. Listeners, be prepared for another great edition. Action-packed. Yeah, so uh, Nasser, tell us what we have today. I think we're going to lead off with um, the uh, Zionism of Kashmir. Yes, uh, the large-scale Indian military operation in Kashmir, which is greatly supported uh, by Israel. But also we will talk about the controversial statement made by U.S. Peace Convoy, uh, Jason uh, Greenblatt, in which he said, we'll say say what he said, but then of course we'll elaborate on it, uh, in which he said that Israel is the victim in the conflict. Poor Israel. Poor Israel. Um, so perhaps we start with Kashmir. One of the one of the. But can I also uh, say that we will give tribute to uh, Kamal Balata, a Palestinian artist who left us uh, last week. Okay, what do we have uh, on Kashmir? Well, I, I, firstly, for for our listeners that don't know uh, about Kashmir, the reality is Kashmir is a region between uh, India and Pakistan, and we should go back, in fact, to 1948 for Palestinians is a very important. Yeah, but also for um, what was then India under British occupation, 1948, which saw the carve-up of India into um, three separate countries, uh, East Pakistan, West Pakistan, and India. Uh, East Pakistan ultimately became Bangladesh. Uh, Pakistan is Pakistan, as we know. West Pakistan became Pakistan. India is India. And the British, as is their want, on their way out, they always leave a little bit of a problem. As they left the Arab world, they left a little bit of a problem being Israel, you know, Kuwait in uh, in uh, Iraq, little just little friction points. Also, Sudan and Egypt. Sudan and Egypt, um, and and the friction point between India and Pakistan was Kashmir, and Kashmir is a vastly Muslim majority Population. state. It is the only Muslim majority state in uh, all of India, but this Muslim majority state. And we should make mention that. The reason that they partitioned India into these three separate countries was to say to segregate the religions. They went to mm. the Muslims, you need to move north and uh, northeast into Pakistan, East Pakistan, West Pakistan, uh, and Hindus and Sikhs down with, south. With all the exodus that resulted because uh, over 10 million, million people died. Millions of yep. uh, Hindus used to live in Pakistan that were uh, driven out of Pakistan to today's and, and India and vice versa. And vice versa. Well, uh, upwards of 10 million people died in, died in that um uh, mass movement of population. Ten million. Over ten. Yeah. Uh, th- this is something imposed on the wills of Hindus and Muslims and all religions of India. So it's just a Western decision that resulted... Uh, Called it a British settler colonialist decision. So yeah. h- how did they die? Was it like being... Oh, famine. Uh, you know, you're walking. It's 1948. Okay. It's not like, you know, they got on aeroplanes and trains, you know. Air conditioning. No. And also... Uh, Poor people. It's not the rich people that suffer. And also conflicts. Yeah. Yeah. 
I say, of course, conflict, yeah. And because that sectarianism is, you know, is insidious as it is infectious. Mm. Human beings start believing that stuff. I am different to you. We used to go to school together yesterday, speak the same language, eat the same foods, mm. ish. We should say ish about the same foods. Um, <laughs> and uh, occasionally we'd intermarry, etc. And now here we are, you know, at the ends of uh, guns pointing at each other. Well, Kashmir, the, that uh, region, uh, which was a part of... Uh, is a Muslim-majority state and is a Muslim-majority state within India and the only Muslim-majority state. Was given to India. Was given to India and not to Pakistan, Mm. although it borders both. And for many years has been a a significant challenge. In fact, in 1949, the United Nations passed a resolution saying that the people of Kashmir should be given a choice which way they go, so Mm. a year after the the partition. That's never been... um, uh, the case uh, never been they've never been allowed to deter- ha- have self determination um and in the past 89 so what is that 20 years um there's been well 30 years 89 mm-hmm. 99 20, yeah 30 years good math i didn't want to correct you because you're messing yeah, 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 no, 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 on your uh, skills it is Saturday morning, yeah. Tired, yeah. we'll get the calculator uh, out for him next time yes. yeah. in the past 30 years upwards of 100,000 kashmiris have been killed by indian forces hmm. Um, and, w- and what's happened in the past uh, couple of uh, in the past week is that India has unilaterally uh, scrapped Article Three Seventy, which um, and the Indian Constitution, which uh, didn't allow non-Kashmiris to buy land or businesses within Kashmir. And so, what that means now is that the, uh, the overwhelming majority of Indians that aren't uh, originally Kashmir, from Kashmir, who want to live in what is a very beautiful part of the world, mm. can now go buy land there, etc., etc., etc. And so, wh- what it the Kashmir, basically t- changing the demography. Well, it's the first step. Mm. Yeah, and and what the um, Kashmiris are, are saying, this is you know the first step in the Indiafication mm. of Kashmir um, and changing Kashmir, as we have seen in the Judaization of Jerusalem and, and Palestine, and that's where where the parallels are. And in fact, um, uh, the very, you know, when we have a look at President Modi and his uh, warm embrace of Netanyahu and the movement of the Indian peoples from uh, a Gandhi and, and a Nehru, which were very, very pro-Palestinian, Progressive, part um, of the non-aligned movement um, that were uh, fully Palestinian. In other words, at the right side of history. What we saw from those statesmen to where we are today with Modi who's embracing Netanyahu and is using Israeli technology, uh, weaponry, you know, to now um, begin his plan in in Kashmir. And also uh, the nation-state model in which uh, Zionism has defined finally Israel as a state uh, for Jews. Uh, and this gives lessons to far-right movements around the world. Now uh, Modi can say that India is for uh, Hindus, and this is uh, our uh, only country in which we can have a majority. And basically, um, like Nasser said, uh, the Indian-Israeli relations have witnessed uh, a huge boost in the last uh, 10 years, uh, on all levels, on technology, on economy, on military collaboration, on uh, intelligence coordination, uh, and on ideological basis now. So fascism is on the rise in India and Israel and has been for quite a while. Does this make him more comfortable doing it? So it's something that he's wanted to do for the years, but 
too scared to, and all of a sudden now it's become almost popular to be right. Is mm. that what's happened? I, I would say so. What do you think, Nasser? Well, the reality, Rob, is that the, a vast majority of the world is moving right. Um, you know, whether it's in Brazil or France or Italy or Hungary, you know, it's so easy now, you know, to put the Muslim tag, Muslim terrorist, and it becomes palatable. And, mm. you know, the reality is Modi, uh, India is 1.3 billion people. It's a nuclear-armed state. It's the world's largest democracy. He's embraced uh, Netanyahu, which makes him friends automatically with Trump. Mm. Uh, you know, and you say, these are terrorists, I've got to do something here. We must uh, remember that over the last uh, decade uh, or more, Israel uh, uh, used Islamophobia to infiltrate the pro-Palestine fortress of India. And uh, with a nationalist uh, party like the BJP, the Islamophobic uh, discourse uh, plays and sells uh, very well. So Israel can go to India and say uh, that uh, just like You've been combating uh, radical or militant Islam uh, in Kashmir and other parts of India. We too in Israel are fighting the same enemy. And that's why we have to collaborate together. And unfortunately, the Palestinian diplomacy have learned the hard way that they cannot take anything for granted. So we assume that India will remain uh, an ally uh, forever. That uh, yesterday's friends might be tomorrow's. Enemies. We have assumed a affinity with other brown people. Uh, India bought $10 billion worth of uh, Israeli arms in the past decade. Yeah. You know, to, they're yeah. a major trading partner. And, you know, Netanyahu's over there going, you've got the same problem as us. They've got to deconstruct our just right for self-determination into something that's easily packageable and saleable in 160 characters as so, a tweet. And easily understood. A and these are just ma- mad, crazy, brown, Friday-worshipping MFs, mm. when, when, when the reality is what we are is an indigenous people mm. that have, were stripped of their rights, stripped of their land, stripped of their um, uh, homes, businesses, etc., places of worship. And when, when it's put into that context, a, a, a pole who celebrates God on Saturday, his, her right to a 2,000-year-old right of return in no way mm. supersedes my 71-year-old right of return. Mm. I know where my great-grandfather was buried, and his father, and his father, and his father. Mm. Um, and so what we're seeing now, and you know, you have a look at the tactics being used within Kashmir. I mean, the internet is down. The phones are down. The military is in schools. I mean, it's oh, a complete dear. and so utter exactly um, uh, uh, 2002 model invasion of the West Bank and reoccupation of Ramallah. Isolating it uh, Isolating from it from the world so that no, nobody... No, no, no witnesses. No witnesses. Nobody outside can know what's going on inside, and nobody inside can tell anybody outside what is going on. Hmm. Uh, and, and the reality is, you know, here, here we are in the West, you know, when our guy, you know, Modi, India, it's a democracy... You know, he was democratically elected when, you know, he's obviously just cleaning house. You know, he's mm. got to deal with his terror- terrorism problem. You know, along the journey, the protests, the the, the Indian police use um, a shotgun pellets, a spray pellets that they shoot at head high, which aren't, I mean, at very close range would kill uh, people. But the, the um, uh, gunshots, uh, the pellets in the shotguns are so small, they are specifically designed to blind people yeah mass blinding mass blinding. we are we may be witnessing the first mass blinding happening now in kashmir it's medieval Um, with technology in it it's just and uh, who is cheering for the indian uh, operation guess who 
the Israelis. Of course. On absolutely. social media. Yeah. They are cheering the what they call the, the Kashmir solution. Uh, with Is all that the, they're calling it? That's the official name. Or, or maybe the social media word that I have seen, Kashmir solution. Oh. And with all what it means, all, all the symbolic uh, meaning of this word. And nevertheless, <laughs> nevertheless, uh, they are cheering. Does, does the population follow Modi? Like, do they agree with it? He got re-elected only a few months ago with a massive landslide. Massive landslide. So they obviously I agree mean, with him. Well, he, he, he's there. Fascism is on the rise. Well, you know, he's there. And then we spoke about it briefly last week. He's punching out that same bile that Donald Trump is. And, and it, no, it sells works. well. It sells well. People, yeah. uh, people are selfish. And when I say you don't have because of them, and I'm the leader, we believe it. You know, mm. I mean, it's it's uh, it's that brown Muslims' fault. That's the Mexicans' fault. Why you're poor in Detroit? Well, Donald Trump, you're you're every every company you've had uh, has had investigations. You know, as a landlord, you've been taken to court for not renting to black people. You know, mm. and and he's on record in an interview going, "You wouldn't want to live next door to him either." He said to a white report, "I mean, you know, whether it's a sexual harassment, whether you know the bankruptcies and all those things." But he gets up there and says that stuff and exposes America for how terribly uh, white, yeah, right, uh, nationalist. white nationalist it is. I mean, you only have to look at what happened in in Crown Casino during the week with Ben Ben Simmons. You know, Australia's most it's 250 million he's worth. Oh, it's, I mean, it's like crazy money. Yeah? <laughs> he's a sportsman. Yeah. Top, plays number plays one. basketball. No, yeah. Went number one in the draft. He's, yeah. you know, all that sort of stuff about basketball, which I don't know. But the guy's got $250 million. Went to Crown Casino with two of his friends and a white friend, his white manager or something. And everybody got asked for ID. Where are you going? What are you going to do? But the white guy. <laughs> the white guy, you you know, welcome. Uh, yeah, come on in. You know, you're one of us. The poorest one was not asked. Yeah, the, the, the <laughs> worker, <laughs> um, their token white guy. You know. Yeah. Um, and when he posted about it on social media, the the you know what's going on here, and, and it should be said that um, Ben Simmons is an executive producer of the um, most recent Stan Grant Adam Goods movie. He's using his platform was he really? to, to raise wow. awareness. He's taking the movie to the United States. To raise wow. awareness about the challenges Good that our indigenous people f- face in a, in a structurally violent country, or well, structurally racist and, and settler colonialist country, um, and that when when, when he r- raised that issue during the week, the media said, "Hold on a second, this guy is an ambassador for Melbourne. The city of Melbourne pays Ben Simmons to tweet to say loving Melbourne, hashtag yeah. Melbourne, because you know all the Americans they want the tourism dollar. They're saying we shouldn't be paying him if saying this about Crown." And you know, it comes back to, and I remember um, when the when the Adam Goods uh, story first broke. Um, to his credit, Walid Ali said, "You know, what this exposes about white power structures is we're okay for you to have color, we're okay for you to have your own culture, own language, but stay in your box. Yeah. If you step out of your box, we will show you where you belong." Mm. Adam Goods said, "I'm not a gorilla. I'm not Eddie McGuire's a gorilla." I'm not, uh, if a 13-year-old calls me an ape, it's not the 13-year-old girl's issue, it's her parents. What home is she getting raised mm-hmm. in that she thinks she can be called a, a 13, uh, she can call me an ape? When when Ben Simmons says, I get racially profiled, I'm worth $250 million. I'm the number one basketballer on earth and I can't get into Crown Casino. Um, they picked the, on the wrong person. <laughs> the white power structures go, hold on a second, get back in your box, brown boy, black boy, mm. wog boy, Muslim boy. And um, you know, and 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 it, and it it gets traction. 
Mm. Now, it gets traction here, it gets traction for Trump, it gets traction for Modi, it gets traction for Netanyahu. I mean, the reality is, you know, the elections are coming up in Israel pretty soon, which means he needs some blood. Yeah, he needs some votes, and they're playing warfare. They're playing more anti-Palestinian, anti-Muslim, anti-Arab uh, discourse, and they know how to play that very well because it sells very well in Israel, as it has uh, since the inception of this racist state. Uh, so we are going to witness another wave of uh, racism, another uh, w- what we call uh, controversial is an understatement, uh, and uh, this is uh, to win votes because these days it sells very well if you uh, promote hate, if you promote fear, if you. I mean, how, promote how does Pauline Hanson get into the Senate? How is Channel how is Nine paying her? <laughs> They're paying her to be on, on, on Channel 9 in the mornings. Often people don't think about unintended consequences. The reality is Kashmir, Muslim majority, borders Pakistan, naturally should be part of Pakistan. If the people of Kashmir were given a choice, would choose to be Pakistan, Pakistanian uh, uh, rather than Indian. Um, Pakistan's nuclear armed. Mm. Imran Khan is not going to just let them go in there and, you know... Do Get away with it, yeah. They're not gonna, he's not going to let them do it. It's very scary. Before we leave uh, Kashmir, uh, I want to remember uh, Indira Gandhi, the Indian uh, prime minister who was assassinated in 84 and who was really one of the most vocal supporters uh, to Palestine and the relation between Arafat and Indira Gandhi and her son, Mm -hmm. Rajiv Gandhi, who was assassinated in 1990. We must also uh, mention that uh, India and Pakistan uh, gave uh, scholarship to hundreds of thousands of Palestinian students, including uh, relatives of mine, uh, my uncle, my older brother. So let's hope that doesn't change drastically. And let's hope that uh, the escalation in Kashmir cools down a little bit. And cools down a lot, inshallah. A lot, inshallah. Now, uh, the U.S. envoy, the U.S. peace envoy... It's very disturbing news. Jason Greenberg, we should say, you know, this guy is an arch Zionist, yeah? Yeah. And uh, he's the U.S. peace envoy to And he's, to not, the he's not shy to no, hide it. Say. I mean, it's like they're sending me as the Australian peace envoy, you know, trying to... I mean, <laughs> I, I'm going to have to disclose something here. I'm a little bit biased. So, what, so what's, what's his think? actual role? You think? What, well, what? his... Uh, look, American administration since Oslo... Uh, every foreign minister or secretary of the state appoints a U.S. peace envoy. We used to have uh, Zionist ones, but they were able to play it and hide it and get away with it, uh, like Martin Indyk Mm-mm. in the 90s. I mean, it's not a secret that he's totally pro-Israel. An Australian Jew. Uh, is he? Yeah. But after Trump, things have changed. I don't think they were worried about uh, the full bias of their of their peace team and they appointed uh, I mean he appointed uh, his son-in-law uh, Jared Kushner who's good for nothing basically he knows he he knows that's that's his only item on his CV he is relative that's it Kushner appointed his team uh, so one of the members is Jason Greenblatt so this guy, uh, his mission is to bring the Palestinians and Israelis around the table for a, a resolution of the Palestinian-Israeli conflict. But nevertheless, he showed his uh, full public bias to Israel, especially on uh, social media. He's got an active account on Twitter, and he keeps promoting Israel and attacking the Palestinians, especially after they stopped talking to the Trump administration one time attacking the Palestinians uh, for promoting hatred in education, 
supposedly, and one time for paying the families of prisoners. And um, he made uh, many, many uh, stupid statements, too many to count, the last of which saying that Israel is the victim of well, the... So he actually said, Yusuf, and this was in an interview with PBS, PBS. public uh, broadcasting service like, like the ABC in the United States. He said, Israel is actually more the victim than the party that's responsible. Hmm. Israel is more the victim than the in party. In the conflict, yeah. Um, he also described the term occupied uh, and the word settlements as pejorative. Uh, and he said, from the moment of its formation, they, the Israelis, were attacked multiple times. They can continue to be attacked with terrorism. So I'm not sure why I understand uh, what the premise is. Well, if this is the language of mediators, what do you think the language of Israelis? He thinks that, you know, uh, Israeli building uh, homes and uh, housings outside the boundaries of Israel uh, is okay. And to use the word settlement is derogatory. You can't slander Israel. Yeah, because it, it has a little bit of a negative connotation. <laughs> you think? Uh, well, well these, are, these are neighborhoods and cities neighborhoods, and, and uh, Jewish family. communities. Yeah, and it's not occupied. I mean, the whole world says it's occupied, except for him and you know, for his mates. They say it's disputed. Disputed. Yeah, I mean, the power of language. You probably remember our good friend uh, Mushir Amr, of course, of course, who Mushir. did his PhD ten years ago on uh, discourse analysis, uh, and he, Mushir, is a Palestinian scholar who came to Australia uh, from Gaza uh, to do his PhD here. And the thesis was totally based on how New York Times covered the Second Intifada. So we're talking from September 2000 to the to the date of that thesis, which is in 2008, in which uh, Dr. Moshir uh, gathered thousands of evidence that the language used was carefully selected to for for, for a political end. So to say the word fence. Security fence as opposed to separation wall. Mm. Uh, to say neighborhood instead of settlement mm. uh, or, or communities like Nasser Or said. Israeli murdered, Palestinian liquidated. Exactly. So uh, when uh, you're talking about the Palestinian uh, casualties, the sentence starts with a passive uh, verb. Uh, Palestinians uh, killed nobody knows who killed the palestinians but when there are uh, israeli casualties you start the sentence with a subject they start the sentence with palestinian militants kill killed. civilians yeah. or terrorists not israelis no, or terrorists. The terrorists so these things are not coincidental it's very powerful too because people don't know they're taking they're, it in they're, they're not they're not coincidence in no. fact uh, you know, the, even the BBC has a dictionary of words to use when it comes uh, when it comes to Israel-Palestine. Yeah. Acceptable language is that from the Israel Project? The marketing guy put something together. I don't know about ten years ago, saying the words that you should use and the words mm. that you should not use. Well, mm. that, that's and it seems the, to be everywhere. That's for in, in in you know uh, Zionist Hasbara, but the reality whether whether it's the um, uh, concerted quality, calibre and number of complaints that go mm. either to the ABC yep. or to the BBC mm. um, and the the effective lobbying of uh, those uh, powerful institutions, mm. whether it's the Anti-Defamation League or whomever it might be uh, in Australia, the United States, Britain, the Western world, mm. the, the what ends up happening is that the um, uh, those places self-censor. And so rather than calling... It occupied, suddenly becomes disputed. 
Hmm. And it becomes, you know... Um, so, for example, Kashmir is a disputed territory yeah. between India and uh, Pakistan. We might understand this uh, if, in, in the context of Kashmir. But to use the word uh, dispute, dispute between... Uh, I mean, dis- disputed between whom and whom? If the Palestinians dispute with Israel over what? We have no territories. We don't have uh, sovereignty on anything in our historical Palestine. What's sad is that uh, the shift towards pro-Israel end in discourse uh, is happening not only in the United States, Australia or the West, but also in the Arab world. So uh, speaking about uh, myself as a person who has been uh, following uh, Arab media all his life, uh, I have uh, witnessed and uh, seen uh, this uh, change in uh, language, in discourse, in terms when it comes to the representation of the Palestinian uh, cause in Arabic media. So up until the 90s, the word Israel in Arabic uh, media was not used. So you don't say the I word. Wow, okay. So you, you, you call it the Zionist entity. Al-Kiyan al-Suhyuni. You don't say Israel. And we started seeing Israel mentioned, but next to it there is ihtilal, which is occupation. <coughs> so you don't, second stage after the Zionist entity is, yes, you can use it, but you can use next to it occupation. So ihtilal al-Israeli. And now the word occupation dropped. So you can use Israel. It's actually gone. It's, it's gone. And also, when it comes to the Palestinian victims of uh, the Israelis, um, there were total agreement among Arabs. To, so when you count the murdered uh, Palestinians at the hands of Israeli soldiers or settlers, so you'll say Shahid, and Shahid is martyr. And not anymore. So these days, the Palestinians' victims are referred to as dead or killed or murdered. The word Shahid uh, also... Uh, dropped in the discourse. And this, the list goes on and on. So it's changing. It's changing not, quickly too, isn't it? Not yeah. to our favor, uh, including Arab media. Including Arab media. Yeah, not to worry. So in the last uh, maybe two minutes, I, w- I want to pay tribute to a Palestinian uh, artist uh, from Jerusalem who uh, passed away uh, a few days uh, ago, Mr. Kamal Balata from uh, Jerusalem, who like uh, all the people of uh, Jerusalem, uh, suffered uh, at the hand of Israelis. So if you are from Western Jerusalem, you had lost uh, your home in 48. If you are in the eastern part of Jerusalem, you became occupied since 67. So he started his uh, career as an artist in Europe, par- uh, mainly in uh, Germany, between Germany and the, the United States, in which he presented beautiful beautiful art. First he started presenting Palestinian art, then on issues of humanity in general, universal art. He left us um, a few days ago and um, unlike other uh, Jews who can uh, say in their wills that they want to be buried in Jerusalem and get that easily, he said that he wants to be buried in Jerusalem but we don't know if the Israelis will approve that. Well, I mean, if anything, if history tells us anything, they certainly won't. And I think one one of the most profound things I ever remember, you know, aside from the uh, the impact of his visual art, is you know he grew up drawing pictures of um, the Dome of the Rock. Yeah. Um, and he said he said in an interview, I keep reminding myself that Jerusalem is not behind me; it's constantly 
ahead of me. Hmm. So um, God rest his soul, uh, and uh, it's in front of all of us, inshallah. Inshallah. And uh, definitely when we talk about uh, artists and people of literature and the symbols of knowledge in Palestine, we we talk about them with so much respect uh, for what they did and what they will continue to do because Palestinian resistance cannot be limited to armed struggle or popular struggle. Uh, Palestinian resistance is in every aspect of life, especially mm-hmm. arts and literature. So um, I think we have run out of time. That's it uh, for this uh, week's edition of Palestine, uh, remembered uh, gentlemen. I hope everyone has a good weekend. Good seeing you both again. And you too, Rob you and Yusuf. And uh, from all of the Ahmed Ramawis. <laughs> right. <laughs> Robert Ahmed Yusuf Ramawi. <laughs> and Nasser Ahmed This is the three of us wishing you... The, the three amigos. Yes. And salam.